have something, a surprise in my bag for in just a little bit. Um, you guys, it's great to be with you. My family has been enjoying the fall weather, particularly the warm days. We kind of miss summer. It's harder to swim now. But um, I hope your family is enjoying this fall time. One thing that my family likes to do together is they like to go fishing. And when I say my family, I'm talking about everyone but myself. I've made it very clear to them that I do not fish. But in our subdivision, there's a pond, and it's stocked with fish. And the kids go, and sometimes they'll just, like, pick up and go to the pond and fish with Blaine. And it's a great father-child activity, isn't it? Dad should have those. And, um, guys, they keep worms in my refrigerator. Worms, guys, in my fridge. And I'm so afraid that one day I'm going to be cleaning out the fridge and I'm going to be like, oh, what's in here? Oh, that's the worms. <laughs> I just try to, like, block it out of my mind and hope I don't get a surprise one day. But I wanted to talk today a little bit about fishing. And the title of my sermon is Don't Take the Bait. And so... We do have another special guest here today, and he hasn't been with us for a while, so let me get him out for you. And um, Sid Canoe will be joining us this morning. If you guys remember Sid Canoe, um, we are remembering the word Sid Canoe, the Lord is my righteousness, by picturing Pastor Sid in a canoe. And so today, Pastor Sid Canoe will be helping us. Um, with a to talk about fishing, and so Pastor Sid Canoe is here and he's fishing and he's got this rod and at the end of his rod he's got a hook and what does he put on there? He's gonna put some bait, right? At my house it would be a worm, we know that, um, and so he's gonna put this worm on his hook and he's gonna sit and wait and eventually a little fish is gonna come over and that hungry little fish. That sweet, innocent little fish is going to look at that worm, and it's going to say, that's exactly what I need right now. And the fish is going to take the bait, or the fisherman hopes, the fish is going to take the bait, and next what happens, it's all down here, downhill from here for that fish, right? Because this can't end well for him, and he's likely going to be dinner. Do you guys, does anyone in here like to fish? And then do you eat the fish you catch? Does anyone? I mean, like, that's like the worms. Like, I'm, I would never. But good for you. I admire that. So um, we are talking today about that bait. And that bait we see for that fish is a dangerous, dangerous thing, isn't it? And so we're going to talk about bait. And we're going to talk about something that Satan tries to use to hurt us personally and to hurt our church community. And that is the bait of offense. So the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about embracing community, and we want to be united. We want to keep a sweet spirit. We don't want to stir up trouble. We want to be peacemakers. 
We want to have one purpose. And so today, along the lines of embracing our community, we're going to talk about don't take the bait. Can you guys say that with me? Don't take the bait. One more time. Don't take the bait. Guys, life without offense is impossible. That can't happen. And according to Ephesians 4, God is asking us as people, this is part of our calling, is to make allowance for other people, for their faults, for their imperfections, for the hurts that cause them to act the way that they act. He's telling us, don't take the bait. Don't become easily offended. And so we're going to talk more about some things from this verse. We're going to talk about um, staying humble. He tells us to stay humble. He tells us to be patient with each other. And he tells us to make allowance for each other's faults because of love. And that's very important. So this is a matter of our own hearts. It's not about the other person or what, like, the action that was done to us. This is about us responding well to what people do around us and taking care of ourselves our inner self, and um, just working together to grow and giving allowance for that. And there's a couple of Bible characters we can talk about with this. Um, David is a great example of someone who did not take offense. He followed God. We remember he watched his family's sheep. And eventually, do you remember, he was the least likely choice and became anointed to be king after Saul. And Saul was God's chosen king. And when Saul found out David, this had happened, that David was to be next king, and then David began to become popular with the people, he became insanely jealous. Like, all caps, guys. Insanely jealous of David. And he attempted to kill David several times on several occasions. But then David also had the opportunity to sneak up and to kill Saul a couple times. And he refused to do that, even at the insistence of those around him, of his men who traveled with him, his army. Um, they insisted, David, now is your time. And he said, no, I will not. Talk about being offended and not allowing that offense to cause your heart to do something that would not be God's way. And David chose the way of humility. He had patience. He trusted God and his love. And he refused to harm Saul because Saul was God's choice for the time to lead Israel. And then we can talk about Joseph, who um, had all those dreams. He was his dad's favorite. And then his brothers got super jealous. And they kidnapped him. And they were going to, like, kill him. But then they decided they could make a profit from him. And so they sold him as a slave. And then the struggles of his life we can watch as he... Got a, got a good job, worked himself up, then he was sent to jail unfairly, and then, you know, he worked himself up in jail to be trusted, and finally he becomes the second in charge of Egypt. And then his brothers show up needing food. And isn't that the opportune time? No one would have known. No one knew that they were related to Joseph. No one would have known if he had refused them or thrown them in jail or whatever he would have decided to do. But Joseph, he didn't take revenge. He didn't take that offense and use it to harm someone else, even though their offense toward him was great. Instead, he said, God put me here 
to save our family. I see how God used this thing that you did for harm. You tried to hurt me. But God said, no, I'm going to grow you, Joseph. I'm going to put you in a place of leadership, and you are going to save save your family, my people. And so we can see that these men of God, they were offended, and they were able to overcome that offense and make these positive choices and to work through that. And that's a difficult route that they chose. It's not an easy one, and a lot of people don't take that route. Not taking the bait is about choosing to do things God's way, even when it is hard. It's about being humble and accepting our own weaknesses. It's about understanding someone else's weakness, taking the time to do that. It's about leaning hard into God's great love. The bait Satan hangs over us is this. It's being offended. So the question of our day today is, how do we keep ourselves from taking the bait? The first way that we can keep ourselves from taking the bait is by focusing on myself, focusing on yourself. When that fish, when it sees that bait, remember Sid Sydney? When that fish comes by and he sees that bait, he thinks that's exactly the thing that he needs. He thinks, there it is. I've been looking for this. I'm so hungry. It's going to meet my need. But it, he doesn't realize that what it is is a substitute. It's going to entrap him. It's going to hurt him. And most likely that fish is going to die and be eaten for dinner. And our offense many times is not connected to what has actually happened. There's something within us that is not healed that comes to light. We are all hungry for something, and we see something we think we need, we think we have right to, and we take the bait. Matthew 7, 3 through 5 says, Why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Those logs are hard because it's hard for us to even know they're there. And they're so big. And yet somehow we miss them. A speck of sawdust is so tiny. And a log is so big. And sometimes we major on the minors and on that speck and forget that we have things to take care of ourselves. So the Bible is telling us to check yourself first. Many times our reactions are not based upon what is actually happening. It's a response to something that has already happened. And this is the exact reason why we must process our emotions when we are offended. Both when the offense happens and if they come back again when someone else offends us. We must process those emotions. We must check the log in our eye. We must remember that we have faults too. We must look and see where our reaction is actually coming from. I ask my kids sometimes when they suddenly are very upset and the world seems to be ending, and I say to them, how big is your problem? How big really is this problem, right, to try to help them understand? And they always say it's giant, right, because that's what kids do, even though 
they just have like a little scratch on their knee and they're insisting it's bleeding and there's not a speck of blood, right? But really, they're tired, they're hungry, they need a break. Maybe they fell and it was just scary and they need mommy to give them a hug and tell them that they're safe. Something else is going on. Their emotions are telling them something, but sometimes it's such a big reaction to something so small because it's something else that really they need. Humility is really difficult. Our pride causes us to defend ourselves or our reactions. We want to be defensive. We want to say, I'm right, or you, don't, you can't do that to me. But humility agrees when something's off. Humility gives a soft answer. Humility seeks to understand. Many people have been treated unjustly. That is true. And some people believe they've been treated unjustly, and those people can be deceived. That's what they really actually understand to have happened. They believe that they were unjustly treated. And even when we are right, we don't have permission from God to hold on to offense. God asks us to always forgive. God asks us to process through what has happened to us. Holding in offense of any kind, it causes us to build walls, to hide in ourselves. It brings shame and embarrassment. It keeps us from dealing with the truth and from finding us our own healing. And that is, what, that is what God wants for us. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be unified with our brother and sister. So God uses the trial of offense to keep our hearts soft. And maybe you've heard that analogy before about gold being heated in the fire, and the impurities rising out. Sometimes offense will bring out those impurities in us. God is using that. He's taking what has happened, and he's using that in our hearts to help us to grow become more pure, to be moldable and soft in his hands, to become who he wants us to be. And we want to be who God wants us to be. We want to do things God's way, don't we? So we don't want to take the bait. We don't want to be easily offended. And so we must first examine our hearts, right? We're going to focus on ourselves. And also we're going to practice patience towards other people. So now we're kind of going to talk about the other person, but it's not about what they did. It's about understanding them. The Bible tells us in Colossians 3.13 to make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Remember Ephesians 4, it told us to be patient with each other and make allowance for one another. In our relationships, we have to prioritize people. People are important. People are very important. And unfortunately, all people are flawed. Each of us is flawed. And we have to be understanding towards one another that all of us are working out our flaws. We're all on our own journeys. We're all working on healing our hurts and becoming better at things and ridding sin from our lives. God is molding all of us, and we want to walk together and support one another as he does that. So we need to understand that other person and know that they are not perfect, and we all make mistakes. And we need to understand, guys, who our real enemy is. The Bible tells us that Satan is roaming the earth, prowling like a roaring lion. And remember our fish, and he, he cautions the wind, and he took the bait. And maybe that bait is the friend at church who didn't call us when we were sick for a month. Or was a co-worker who didn't sleep well, and maybe they were short with us about something. Maybe someone betrayed the fish. In all these circumstances, the bait, it's just hanging there, right? And the fish can take the bait, but the, who's holding that rod? 
The devil is holding the rod, trying to get us to take the bait, to become offended, because he wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy our relationships. Retaliating, alienating people, holding bitterness in our hearts are all reactions to offense. But none of those, even if we have justified offense, are God's will. The devil is distracting us from our own growth, distracting other people from growth. And those are the things that God wants for us. He wants to heal us, to restore us, to reconcile us. So we must remember to be patient with each other because we need to be for each other and supporting each other. When we are patient with people, we need to adjust our expectations. I think this is a big, like, married life one because people come into married life with a ton of expectations about who does what. And I think sometimes, a lot of times, newlyweds are not great about talking about their expectations before they expect. Maybe none of us are. And um, we come into life with these expectations. Um, Husband, you must take out the trash. That's your job. Um, Wife, you must cook dinner. That's your job. Um, You are my friend, so you must call when I miss church. Expectations are causing us to require something from someone else, and then we feel offended when they don't do it. But there's no rule that says they have to. And it's good for us to communicate our needs, too, how we best feel loved to support each other. Our lives are so varied, and we all bring different life experiences into them and different expectations. And we can't live life acting like someone owes us something. We can drop those expectations. And then when someone does something for us, we can just take that as a blessing. That's a blessing for that day. Nothing gets missed. We're not upset about missing something. So... We're going to keep from taking the bait by focusing on ourselves. We're going to be patient with the other person. We're going to remember that God's love is most important, and that is the example we are to give others. Bible tells us in 1 Peter 4, 8, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. And remember in Ephesians 4, he specifically said to make allowance for each other because of your love. And so let us consider God's love. It's it's perfect. He's the ultimate example of love. It's giving. It's enduring. It's not easily provoked. It's all the time. It doesn't demand its own things or its own way or its own expectations. And we can see in 1 Corinthians 13, there's a whole chapter dedicated to what God's love is like. And here's the thing, we offended God with our sin long before we ever knew it, long before we ever did it, and yet he took that offense and he responded with love. And his love covers our offense because he sent Jesus to die for us. And when Jesus walked this earth, he was so offended. Remember he was offended so much he turned the tables over in the temple. Remember the Pharisees, how often did they offend him? Too many times for me to count today. He was offended on the cross. He's dying man, and the thief next to him is making fun of him. People lied about him. All of his best friends deserted him. He was offended. But he didn't take that bait. He didn't stay offended. He chose love instead, and love 
God's way of love is so hard. And actually, in my family, we recently had an experience where we had to choose to love, and it was very, very hard. And so this happened in the neighborhood, and um, my kid, we were discluded from something, and there were reasons why, and I felt like it was a little unfair, and my kids cried all day. And I was upset, of course, because my kids were hurting and so sad. And I'm telling you this right now because we are so great, um, because we're not. But just to tell you that we struggle to love sometimes, too, because I didn't have a great attitude the whole day. But at the end of it, I set my kids on the couch and I said to them, guys, I know you're upset and it's okay to be upset. You're having some emotions and there's a reason why. But we're going to love our neighbors with God's love. And if they don't feel comfortable today, then we will respect their feelings. And I said to them, God's love, sometimes it is hard. It is so hard to love people sometimes with God's love especially when you feel so hurt and forgotten. But I told them, we're going to do this God's way because God's way is the best way. And that's what I tell your kids on Sunday mornings, God's way is the best way. And so we will love fiercely and lean hard into the love of God. And sometimes we're going to offend someone else because not only do we get offended, we offend others. We're going to lean hard into that love we're going to walk together as a community, dealing with offenses, dealing with our hearts, being understanding towards one another, and ultimately living a life based on God's love, his great love. So, today, we're going to not take the bait. We're going to consider other people. We're going to focus on ourselves. We're going to... Be patient with others. We're going to focus on God's love. Remember that he brought reconciliation to us. He wants us to live in good relationship with others. We're going to not take the bait. And so maybe you're wondering and saying in your head, this is really hard, Pastor Hacker. I know it is. Maybe you're wondering, it happened so long ago. Doesn't time just make our offenses disappear? Doesn't pain heal it? I mean, time heal pain. But it doesn't, not really. If you are still hurting from something, if you have never processed it, today is your day. Now is a great time. Find some time for prayer. Find someone you trust that you need to talk it out with. And take the time to let God heal your hurts. Maybe you think, oh, it was such a small thing. Sometimes we do choose to let something go. That's understanding each other and saying, well, I think they're having a bad day. That's okay, making allowance for others. Sometimes we say, I'm bulletproof, that didn't bother me. But <laughs> sometimes we say that because we want to save face, right? But we're building a wall. And we're hiding behind it. We still need to work in our hearts to process what has happened. We need to be honest with ourselves. Sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we don't want people to know. But we have to be truthful. Like we talked last week, we want to be truthful with each other. We need to be truthful with ourselves. Consider the other person and do it in love. Maybe you have a justifiable offense. And you say, well, this happened and that was wrong. But God is still calling you to forgive. 
He's still calling you to let go of that offense, to not carry bitterness with you throughout life. It's only hurting you. Process what has happened, and when they come up again, process it again. Let God heal you. Let him mold you. Let him use what has happened to make you pure, to make you able to help others, to keep your heart soft. Maybe you're saying this is taking forever. I will never be free from the results of this offense. Sometimes recovering from an offense takes time. Sometimes people hurt us deeply and continuously. And sometimes it takes time. And God, he is patient with us. Just like he asks us to be with other people. So continue to process. Continue to let God heal your heart. Continue to let him minister to you. Find the person to talk to. Just seek to be free from the bait of that offense. And that is okay. God gives us time. He walks with us. That's part of grace. Take the space and the time that we need. So at Calvary, guys, today, can we commit together that we will not take the bait? That when we're fishing, when we're little fishes swimming around and we need something, we think we need something, can we check ourselves first? Can we think about the other person in the situation? Can we find grace for them just like we need grace for ourselves? And let's move with God's love. Let's act upon that every day. Remember Ephesians 4.13, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And that's God's love. Let's pray together, God. God, I thank you today that you have shown us your love, that you poured into our hearts, and that you have sought reconciliation with us, that your desire for us is so many good things. God, I pray for us as we move forward that you would help us to not take the bait, that we would not be easily offended by others, that we would look into ourselves and process our own faults and issues, that we would make allowance for other people, and that we would always move in your love and show that to others. Teach us more about how to do this, Help us, God, to heal from our past so that we can minister to others in our future. God, I pray that you would bless this congregation. Give us a safe week. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you again next week. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Heather, for a powerful word. I, I know it's, for me, it's, I think it's an issue of love. We, do we truly love people?